This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Two. Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Logan Gordon along with you. Coming to live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Greg Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. With a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. They're all things basement team. Visit DL Basement Systems. Dot com. Hour one featured our round two predictions for the Stanley Cup playoffs that begin tonight with the Panthers and the Leafs, the Kraken and the Stars. Cam, Taylor, and Alex all over those. After Taylor dominated us all in round one, can she keep the momentum up into round two? We'll find out. Also, a great chat with Ken Weeb from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. On all things Winnipeg Jets following locker cleanout day. The comments from Rick Bonas following their game five loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Always great to check in with Ken and appreciate his time. If you want to go back and listen to any of those, they'll be up on the podcast shortly wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, very happy to kick off hour two by going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcoming in the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He's Peter Labardius and he's brought to you every single day. By the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am uh, I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm doing great, pal. Um, good. good to uh, hear you're doing good. Uh, lots of uh, flames reactions still coming down uh, a day after. Oh, really? That's yeah. hard to believe. Yeah, it's really hard to believe that... Uh, was that sarcastic <laughs> enough, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I okay. think we picked All up right. on that. Um, okay. right. Where are you 24 hours after? Has, has your thought process changed? Have no. you, you you sort of just, you know, continued to think on it? No, not really. Um, not at all, in fact. So, you know, we went through it all yesterday. Uh, you know, now it's really about what happens next and all the different potential moves. I know that I was on with the guys this morning and, you know, they were asking me about, you know, potential coaches. And, you know, I talked about having people like Kirk Muller and Ryan Huska and Mitch Love and, you know, and on the GM side and Brad Pascal and Craig Conroy you know, there's there's some really, really good people if you opt to go that way. And sometimes, you know, in a lot of different situations, Logan, some of the best people are people that you know, mm-hmm. you have a relationship with. They have already invested great time. They have knowledge of your players, 
your people, um, you know, what they do well, what they don't do well. So, yes, I know that sometimes, and I'm not saying that this won't be one of those times, because the thing I've come to know is, you know, there are lots of great people who could do those jobs. And I know many of them. Um, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, I think I think a gentleman in the sport, you know, if you're not going to go from the inside, who I would give a serious look to even in the GM world is Ross Mahoney, who's been the longtime assistant GM of the Washington Capitals. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy from Regina. He understands Western Canada. His scouting group has done a pretty marvelous job in in Washington. So, you know, there's lots of great people in the sport. It, it's really about, A, analyzing what you have, and they already, in my opinion, have great options that they can go forward with. And, you know, these are jobs, you know, it's like Don Maloney said the day that things went and we found out about Brad. His phone blew up like, you know, <laughs> Christmas morning. He became the most popular guy in hockey all of a sudden. Yep. You know, that's that's kind of how the world works. You know, when you have something that other people want, you get awfully, uh, you become awfully popular fast. So that's that's what interests me the most and, and always what interests me the most is how you go forward with the key people in your group. And I'm talking now about players. Yeah. Cause they win games. I'm curious what your, your take on this Lou. And do you feel like it would be better for this group to go outside the organization for a hire, given the situation they're in or, to you, does it just matter more of who the individual is? It could be somebody from inside the organization. I, I think you want to pick. I think you want to pick somebody who has great knowledge of what they want in terms of how you want to play, the kinds of people that you value. I think. I think it's really, really important, and I think they've already had it. So I don't think, you know, I think I'm a big Brad fan and always will be. So, um, but if you're going to completely reevaluate, I think you have to completely reevaluate. And so whoever comes in, to me, it's never been more important, Logan, in terms of your philosophy and the kind of players that you want that you think you want to be successful with. So that's why I even talked and I don't even like having these conversations um, about player personnel and scouting. And, you know, those guys, you don't hear a lot about them, but they're the lifeblood of the organization. And they've never been more important than they are now because you need you need to hit on enough players every year to build your cupboards. And, you know, this group has certainly gotten better, I think, in, in the Brad era in, in stocking those cupboards. 
when they've had the picks and the opportunities to do it. And that's the balancing act, right? So you go to the draft last year, you have three picks. So that's, that's to me what it, what it's all about going forward is, you know, your GM has to be really aligned with, you know, the, the head scouts, um, your professional, the other underrated thing for me in the sport is who your professional scouts are and mm-hmm. what they can bring. Yeah. That's, you know, we talk a lot about the amateur guys, the pro guys, are really valuable and they have a really good group. I mean, both, both scouting staffs, pro and amateur, which now probably, well, depending on who the GM is, could have some change, could have significant change because I know how the world works. New bosses want their own people. So I'm, I'm, you know, nothing has really changed in the things I said yesterday, Logan. Yeah. But I am beyond fascinated at what comes next. Yeah. In all of it. In all areas. Yeah, it feels like it's just, it's, you know, going to go one at a time here, and then we'll start to to get to all those areas. Because you're right, because the GM is going to come in, and that certainly seems to be where the focus is for Don Maloney now. But you're right, all these things... And those are the things we don't talk about, right? We immediately go to, okay, the GM's going to hire a head coach, and then he's going to figure out the players. But you're right. There's more to that, Lou. There's a draft coming up. This is very important for this Calgary Flames team. The GM and the scouts have to be on that page. And then you mentioned the other part of it. You're right. We never talk about the pro scouts. The GM will have people that he trusts that he wants to bring in and vice versa and learn about the guys there. This can change a lot of aspects about how the Calgary Flames do business. Well, it, it will. That, that's the facts. It will. And because it all has a spinoff effect, right? Depending on who you put in place. Now, if you stay internal, um, then it probably enhances. Because imagine being a scout with the Flames right now and how you're feeling. Yeah, you have no idea what's going on. Not bad. Not the best. These are really, really difficult positions um, to be in. I mean, people's families, uh, and and you know to a certain extent it's coming. Yep. But how do you prepare for it? It's, uh, you know, hockey's a great game. It can be a pretty crappy business. and But that's the reality of it when things don't go well and changes are made and big changes are made. Because everything then becomes open for, in this case, a bit of an overhaul and evaluation. But that's why I said off the top, whether it's the GM, the coach, the coaching staff, which I swear by, I think they're awesome. And I will be incredibly sad to see any of them go, if, unless it's on their own volition. Um, and that's the other thing we don't talk about enough either. You know, look at Brad. Brad's scenario tells you a little bit. It's not all, it's not just on the team. No, it's not. Everybody always thinks it's about those people wanting to come back. Well, sometimes they've spent their time and they've done their due diligence and they've worked their tails off and, 
sometimes they haven't heard what they want to hear. So they, they sometimes think about how to take their game to a different market. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about uh, two names as we continue on here. I do want to get to some uh, some playoff talk with you as round yeah. two kicks off tonight. But, you know, the two guys that I've heard a lot about over the last couple of days, and I think for for very good reason, and I know you definitely have these two on your radar as well. And I'm curious how Ryan Huska and Mitch Love play into this when a new GM does come in. Because I, I think from an internal point, Lou, they're both going to have very strong backers, and I think to you know different degrees, both of them absolutely should be um, around that conversation for the Calgary Flames when it comes to being their next head coach. How do you feel about well, those two names? Well, and I'd add you know I'd add Kirk Muller to that mix too. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know I I don't think if he's interested that that should go um, under the radar. I'll, I'll start with Ryan just because I've known Ryan for a long time. Um, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a head coach in, in the National Hockey League. I think um, Ryan Huska is the perfect mix of direct, honest, great communicator, lots of coaching experience at all kinds of different levels, I'm, I'm a massive fan, massive. And so I would, I would, you know, he was right in the mix in Chicago last year. And again, am I biased? Yeah, I am. Cause I, you know, I, I remember interviewing him all the way going back to his Kamloops days, but you know, I was around um, him in Kelowna a lot uh, when he was an assistant, either Mark Habscheid when they won the Memorial Cup in 04, Jeff Truitt, or when he was the head coach in 2009, his time, you know, in the Canadian hockey program, was an assistant coach as a world junior coach. You won't find anybody that has anything poor to say about this guy. No one. No one. And, and I just think with all his experience, all the types of people that he has worked with, I think he, I think he has all the makings of being an excellent head coach if that's what he wants to do. Um, as far as Mitch is concerned, you know, Kirk, Kirk to me, and it's not like I'm, I'm – if, if you kept Kirk and Ryan together, as a head coach and an associate coach, I think you'd have an unbelievable duo because I think their personalities are different. I think Kirk's uh, just, there wouldn't be very many people in hockey that wouldn't want to play for him. Um, So I I think they could be a great team. I I really do. Um, And then Mitch, well, I've been quite blown away with this guy for quite a few years and I said on the morning show I think it's worth repeating what has really impressed me and I haven't even spent as much time with him as I'd like to this year and that's probably as much on me as anybody but um, but I have watched his team play a lot 
and I know what he's done here. And what really impacted me with him are two things. We had about an hour and a half conversation a couple of summers ago when I was picking his brain leading into some of our draft coverage. And I was blown away by the conversation. And the other thing that blew me away is a great supporter and a great lover of the Western League and and will always be is the job he did in Saskatoon. And Logan, while that's not the NHL, and I get it, but the Saskatoon Blades were looking for somebody to come in and turn their culture around, turn their work around, and get them back to a better place. Guess who played a massive role in doing that? Him. And the job he did for Canada at the World Junior as an assistant, as an assistant on our Holenka Gretzky team that won a gold medal with Andre Tournier in 2018 in Edmonton. This guy's a heck of a coach. And he was a hard-nosed junior. Um, he wouldn't want to, doesn't always look like it or sound like it. You wouldn't want to tackle with that guy in many back alleys, I can tell you that. Um so I, th- I think as an organization, and, you know, Brad Treleving deserves a ton of credit for this, a ton, is that part of your job as the general manager is not just what you do with the players. It's about the type of people you bring in to make an impact everywhere. And in the type of people, whether it's Kirk, um, and I certainly don't want to sell Jason LaBarbera, what the what Jordan Sigalat and Jason LaBarbera have done have been exceptional on that side of the business. Um, you know, Kale McLean is just another guy who could work for me any day of the week. So they have some, they have hired some unbelievable people that can communicate, uh, that are respectful and what isn't talked about in my opinion enough when you're dealing with the 30 and 20 year olds and sometimes 18 year olds of today. Yes. It's about great preparation and great X's and O's, but you have to reach people. And there's some great people there. Yeah. The flames don't have uh, any shortage of options and it's going to be really intriguing as the to who the next GM is and how he handles, you know, both because we got both. It's funny how it works out. Lou, there's I think great in-house candidates for both positions and whether or not they go that direction or they don't, uh, it will be really interesting to see how it all handles out. I know we're not going to have any shortage of things to talk about uh, over the next That's couple great of weeks. For talk radio. Sure. hiss. Calgary's <laughs> never boring. No, never. Ever. Is. Ever. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Lou, before we let you go, round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs kicks off tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers, Leafs from Toronto. Can't imagine that place will be going mad tonight. Uh, Kraken well, stars. I've seen the start of the parade route <laughs> in the last couple days. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting starting even with tonight because if you're Florida – and what you just did, that's going to be really hard to come off the emotional high of, you know, beating the Boston Bruins, being down in that series 3-1, to one, the Brandon Montour goal, 
with your team down with less cool. than a minute to go to tie game seven. And then Toronto and, you know, winning a playoff series for the first time since 2004. I think both teams tonight might, like, thank goodness the the people in the rink will be out of their minds, so that will help feed the beast. But I, I think I think tonight's going to be a bit of a tough sell in terms of, you know, both teams being at a great place emotionally to ratchet it up again. But I like Toronto to win that series. I like Toronto to win that series in five. Yeah, before we move off of, of that series, and I know we don't see a ton of Panthers hockey out there, but are we talking enough about the season that Brandon Montour's had? No, we aren't. Seventy three points, and he had eight more in that seven game series against Boston. And it seemed like he was out there every shift, every important shift for Florida, defensively or offensively. He was there. He spent a number of years with the Ducks. He was in with the Sabers. This is year three in Florida. Seventy three points. His former career high thirty seven, and now another eight in the postseason. What a year for Brandon Montour. Well, you know, Brandon, and as I've watched, and not as much as I would have liked, but what I have watched, and I certainly was uh, a great onlooker on Sunday night when they beat Boston. I was able to see that game virtually from start to finish. Um, You could kind of see it in his Anaheim days, Logan, couldn't you? Yep. I mean, I know I could. He was very good in the playoff series against Calgary, the last one, and that Anaheim and Calgary played. So he's always been a great skater. There's always been offensive upside. Um, You know, and sometimes it's about a great fit and a great role. And frankly, you know, part of that role, again, became open for him with Mackenzie Weger's absence. And so, and, you know, Aaron Eckblad was banged up again this year. But no, no chance they're in round two without him. None. Zero. He was tremendous. Uh, And the other game tonight, uh, how do you see Seattle and Dallas? The Kraken upset the defending Stanley Cup champions, and the Dallas Stars get past Minnesota in six. They'll meet up at the American Airlines Center tonight, Lou. Well, I don't love the prediction game. In fact, I don't like it at all. I like Dallas. And again, you know what? I don't know if any of us took Seattle as, you know, I don't know what the proper phrase is, but you know where I'm going. Did we take them as seriously yeah. as we should have? I think that's a fair. Uh, I think that's the fairest way to put it because I don't think anyone did. Well, and again, it just shows you a few things. Um See, the thing I really liked about Seattle, and and it was something that, you know, Daryl reinforced down the stretch too, was they don't give you much. And I know we always talk about forwards, but you know how much I value the defense. And that's a big, strong, you know, really five and six guy group back there. You take a look at shot, like go to your shot metrics, go to goals against, even with less than stellar goaltending a lot of the year again, they don't give you much. 
And when you don't give up much and you're hard to play against, and, you know, I know, you know, Calgary had some success against those guys, but getting to the front of their net was not easy this year for anyone, anyone. And so when you are a good checking team with a big physical defense at playoff time and enough puck moving people like Vince Dunn, it's hard to sustain pressure. And you're always in every game as long as your goalies don't soil themselves. So, you know, Dallas better, they better be ready to up the ante. But I think they will, and I, and I think they'll win the series probably in six. Should be a lot of fun. Two great series starting off tonight. We'll uh, talk about the other two on uh, Wednesday, Lou, when they're set to get underway with the Oilers and the Golden Knights. And then, of course, the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, thank you for your time. And as always, pal, we'll chat with you again tomorrow, hey? Eh? Yeah, and enjoy the nice weather. I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> I, wherever I go, it rains. But uh, enjoy. We will. Take care, pal. Bye. You know, Pete Labardius, color voice of the Calgary Flames. Right here on Sports with that 960, the fan. He joins us every single uh, day uh, to move into the start of hour two. Uh, but still glad we got to chat with Lou uh, on this Tuesday afternoon. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. They know your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. We'll be back to end off hour two next here on Sports 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. All right, just wrapped up our chat with Peter Labardius. Kick off hour two of the program. One more uh, week with the daily hits for Peter Labardius before we send him away for the summer. We've already sent him away for the summer, but we're still making him work. And that means that on Friday, we have one last chance for you to win a $200 gift card to visit our friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse. One last edition of What Does Lou Say? Head to sportsnet.ca slash 960. Go to the contest tab. Find What Does Lou Say? Ask Lou a question. Oh, I don't know about maybe the new GM. What do you like to see in a head coach? Anything like that. Your burning hockey question. And if we ask you to Lou on this Friday, this coming Friday, you'll uh, win our last $200 gift card to visit our friends at Roost Chris Steakhouse. Um, they've been a great partner all year long, even with the Flames being done. You usually win lower bowl tickets and the $200 gift card while Flames not playing, but they're still kind enough to give us the gift cards on Friday. So make sure you get your question in. in. Last edition of What Does Lou Say coming up. On Friday, Logan Gordon along with you, Cam and Taylor in the other room, an outstanding production duo. And uh, before we get out of here on hour two, want to continue the Calgary Flames conversation. Uh, a couple of pieces to get to, including uh, Nick Kiprios, former NHLer, Stanley Cup champion, co host of Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. He joined the guys this morning on the big show. Uh, to chat about the Daryl Sutter news, what's next for the Calgary Flames in his mind. You will recall <clears throat> Nick Kiprios 
dealt with a difficult coach in some people's minds in Mike Keenan during his time in New York. So some interesting comparables there from Kipper uh, when it comes to relating, you know, Mike Keenan to Daryl Sutter styles. Uh, so we'll hear from Nick in a little bit here. Plus, one thing to uh, to look back on, we didn't get a chance to do it yesterday, but we'll definitely do it today. One thing that will be gone with Daryl Sutter as head coach are the many memorable media moments with the Flames head coach. NHL.com on YouTube putting together a pretty great uh, compilation of some of the best Daryl moments with the media over the last couple of years. Uh, so we'll get to that before the hour's out. You don't want to miss it. Uh, some of the best. <laughs> That's the one thing is conversations with the media were never boring. Even if they were 90 seconds long, uh, there was always something. And some days it was just pure gold. And uh, we'll miss some of those sutterisms, no doubt, uh, with Daryl no longer around the Scotiabank side. And we'll get to that a little bit later on this hour. But let's kick things off. Let's head back to this morning. Here from Nick Kiprios, Stanley Cup champion. Former NHLer, uh, he joined Rustic and Rose on the big show. Lots of Flames news to react to with Kipper. Starting off, when it comes to the relationship between player and a tough head coach, Kiprios asked about his time under Mike Keenan and how it would relate to players today who had to deal with Daryl Sutter. Uh, here's Kiprios with Rustic and Rose on the big show earlier today. How was it playing for a Daryl Sutter-esque type coach when you were in the league? Well, first of all, yeah, there are comparables of, of hard asses uh, in certain eras, and we had one of the biggest ones in Mike Keenan. But actually, I will tell you that it was easier back then to, to play for Keenan than it probably was for the players and Daryl today uh, for the very simple reason that we, we just, you know, gave in to whatever – he asked for or needed and we lumped it and liked it. We, you know, outside of Mark Messier and maybe a few others, 90% of the, the lineup would just succumb to whatever he wants or needs and just, and just bow down to him. That's not the players today. The players today, even if you're not a star, have way more power to, um, to voice their opinions uh, and either through, you know, your your teammates, either through management, uh, either through media, either through social media, they they got a one eight hundred number for God's sakes. Where was the one eight hundred number when I had an issue with Keenan <laughs> back then? <laughs> right, and they don't have to put up with half the crap we did. Like I said, we lumped it and liked it. These kids today much different. They got issues. They, they go to their agent. They go to their parents. They can go anywhere they want and voice their displeasure. That's all that happened to Daryl, right? Yeah. He would have survived 20 years ago. It would have been on us to change and shut up. Not today. These players, they voice their opinion, and that's the, that's the main reason Daryl's out. Kipper, do players need to like their coach or have fun at the ring to be successful? It's, it's such an individual question in terms of what motivates you, what you need. There's some players that, that, that uh, uh, thrive 
under that type of uh, scrutiny from a coach. Others, wealth, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if they wilt, then, you know, it's on them. But others, they like it. They like being pushed. They like the fact that uh, their backs are against the wall and they seem to thrive. It's, it's such a unique individual thing, guys, in terms of what works for some players and what doesn't. Nick Kiprios, uh, Stanley Cup champion, co-host of Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet. Five ninety, the fan joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, nine sixty, the fan. Uh, uh, the the name we keep focusing on this morning, Kip, after this um, firing is Jonathan Huberto. We know that his agent came out and and said some stuff. We know that he came out and said that he prefers to play the left wing. He was on French radio yesterday saying that yeah, he wasn't able to play his game under Daryl Sutter. Everything is set up now for Jonathan Huberto to have a big bounce back year. Do you expect that to happen? Well, I expect him to be a lot better than uh, his, his his point total shrinking in half a year later, having a career year. He's a talented guy. We know that. He's capable. We know that. It'll be hard to ever match the season that he had in Florida prior to be traded to, to, to Calgary. But this is a team... That is a, a veteran team. He's one of them. They, they a lot of them uh, underperformed. We know that, but they're still in the win mode now. Uh, they're going to have to have a, a, a situation where, once again, they got to they got to go back and revisit, look themselves in the mirror, and hey, sometimes I'll say in life, be careful what you wish for. You got your coach out. And that's the easy part. The hard part now is turning around and having the year that you think you should have had. That's the challenge for Jonathan and the rest of uh, the team is that, okay, you got it now. Think about the pressure now on these guys to perform next year when everybody turns around and says, hey, you got what you wanted. Now, now, now why aren't you performing? So they better be ready start of September. Now, when a team decides to promote from within with their coaching staff and, and a couple of the, the gentlemen on the staff right now, Ryan Huska, Kirk Muller's been a head coach before, Mitch Love is having great success in the AHL. What are the challenges in promoting from within and, and having a group that's brought back but just a different voice and having to kind of do that bad cop to good cop switch? Yeah, I, I really think it's highly unlikely that they'll they'll – they'll go with this veteran team that has to win now uh, within the organization. I, I, I expect someone on the outside to come in. I know there's been a, a strong push and, you know, Jerome McGinnell has been very vocal on Craig Conroy. Uh, you got some experience behind the benches uh, with your, with your Kirk Mullers, but I, I, I don't believe um, that they're going to, they're going to go within. I, I really believe that they're going to go out on the outside, at least, that's the sense that I'm getting today. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Um, but for, for Don Maloney right now, uh, the search on the outside has already started, I can assure you. How much do you think the players, or, or what do you think the players are thinking now? You know, Jonathan Huberto, we just talked about him. Nazem Kadri, they just signed long-term extensions with Brad Cherliven. They had one season with Daryl Sutter, and now both of them are gone. It's a complete revamp of the front office. How do you think the players are taking that? I think 
they're going to get a, a breath of fresh air to come to training camp and feel like it's uh, there's a brand new chance here for them all, uh, fresh, uh, clean slate. But like I said, now the onus is on them. Uh, total weight on their shoulders right now to 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 perform. And although I wasn't with the Rangers in 1993, they missed the playoffs, came back, uh, won a Stanley Cup. So. I'm not saying that this is going to happen, uh, but when there's a sense that there needs to be major changes in that year, I think it was from Roger Nielsen to Mike Keenan, um, there, is, there is an element of, of, of feeling like there's a, a, a fresh coat of painting here. So uh, for the likes of those veteran players, they, they know that it's not about just making the playoffs next year or, or even winning a round. They have to go in there with the mentality that we missed we missed the playoffs this year, but we can win the Stanley Cup next year. Nick, uh, Eric, or Eric Francis asked a very interesting question yesterday, saying, uh, is there a chance that Brad Tree Living could come back as general manager of the team? The question I want to ask you is this. If, if the organization had a sense that it was so toxic around here with Daryl Sutter behind the bench, why not relieve him of his duties right after the season and potentially keep Bradtree living as a general manager, or maybe that would sway him into eventually staying. I know he didn't want to, I know he was offered multiple extensions that he turned down, but do you think Bradtree living is still the GM of the flames? If they fire Sutter right after that season finale against the sharks. This is just my observation from the outside looking in is that uh, throughout this whole process, the left hand didn't really know the right, what the right hand was doing. Um, and I probably think that's above Brad's um, head in all of this. I think Brad made it abundantly clear to them that it wasn't going to work with Daryl, uh, but either they didn't listen or they thought he was wrong. And then once I think Don Maloney came in and did his, uh, his extensive investigation, then Don had no other choice but to recommend that they let Daryl go. And by then, Brad was long gone. Brad gave them ample opportunity to try to fix this, and they didn't. And that's why Brad walked. And I, I don't see any world where Brad goes back. And even if he did, how would it look on Brad's part that, uh, you know, he had to go to this extreme to get a guy fired? I, I, I think it's, it's a shame that Brad's still not there. It's a shame that they didn't take his comments seriously, but now it's time to move on completely. Now, now we look at the general manager. I think that's the next thing that has to be done for this team. Well, that has to be first, right? It's got to be te- first before we get to the head coach, right? And now it's just what we wait for names to come out and all of that type of thing. Do you do you have any? Inkling as far as individuals that you might think could be a fit here to sit in the big chair for the Calgary Flame outside of the organization. Yeah, Mark Hunter's a guy who Elliot threw around there, Kip, too. Yeah, listen, uh, Mark's been out there for the last little while. We know what happened in Toronto uh, in terms of wanting that job and never got it. And He's in a great position to go back to the London Knights in the Ontario Hockey League and and wait out opportunities, and this seems to be one of them. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with the uh, the Ottawa Senators situation, with the ownership, and 
There might be jobs available too. There's there's some guys sitting on the outside looking in saying, hey, pendulum's starting to swing now and there's more openings and more uh, opportunities. So I think, you know, Calgary's just going to have to take their time a little bit here and see what the fallout is. Gerard Gallant is, is a guy out there that uh, lost a very important game last night. There's a sense that uh, New York may not bring him back. I'm just throwing... I'm, I'm only saying that not because I think Gerard's the right guy, but to, to tell you that's how it works here uh, in this league uh, from from week to week or month to month out of the playoffs. So, you know, give me a week or two to come up with some names for you guys before uh, <laughs> before the dust settles and all of this. But they'll, they'll, there's ample time to find uh, the right fit for the Calgary Flames here. No, no rush here. Kipper. Are the Calgary Flames, as currently constructed, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Are they even close to being a Stanley Cup contender? Because oh, you, you, even, you even talked about it like right off the interview. What a crazy first round we had. Are the Flames really, are the Kraken really that much better than the Flames? Are the Panthers really that much better than the Flames? Is it is it okay to have that view of, hey, just get in and let's see what happens in today's league? It's, would you have ever asked me that question in September? about Calgary. And uh, well, they won the offseason, Kipper. I don't know if we can put a banner up, but remember they won the offseason. They won the offseason. There's so many factors that come into this time of year. And, you know, I'm here in Toronto, and I can't tell you necessarily that the Leafs were the better team against Tampa Bay, but they were the most resilient. They got the best goaltending when it mattered the most in game six. And they're moving on, and Tampa Bay's out. Uh, there's a lot of things that factor in this time of year outside of the, the names on a piece of paper. So there's a lot of factors that come in. They just need better goaltending. I mean, at the end of the day, say what you will, this time of year is about a guy that can hold you in when the ice is a little t- tilted, uh, not in your favor, and... All of that can happen for the Calgary Flames. No question that uh, they can come back in less than 12 months and, and rebound well and, and make people believe that they have just as good of a chance as any other team this time of year. So, yes, uh, I, if, if I'm a general manager and, and a coach and I, I walk into that team on paper, I, I get excited. That is Sportsnet's Nick Kiprios, former NHLer. Stanley Cup champion and uh, co-host of Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. He joined the guys on the morning show. Uh, Rustic and Rose on the big show to chat all things Flames and NHL topics. That full conversation uh, available wherever you get your podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, your favorite podcatcher. Uh, you can check out the big show with Rustic and Rose for that full conversation with Nick Kiprio. Some interesting thoughts there on, you know, playing for a tough head coach. He sure had a tough one in Mike Keenan over his years. And, you know, comparing that to the Daryl Sutter style, it's not always easy, but it's a different different time and players hold much more control now than they ever did. And that's clearly one of the big factors that happened here in Calgary. Players and the coach didn't see eye to eye. And uh, this time around, it was the players that uh, got their wish. And the Flames will search for a new general manager and a new head coach over the coming weeks. Before we get out of here, on a Tuesday, <clears throat> wanted to play this uh, great little piece done up by the NHL's YouTube page. 
Uh, you'll miss them when the season comes again. But uh, whether you loved them or hated them, as this time as the Flames head coach, Daryl Sutter, uh, was never short of great media moments or fun comments. Uh, and the NHL's YouTube page brought up uh, a great little montage of it. So let's go through uh, some of the best Daryl Sutter media moments over the last couple of years. Your last game was about five years ago as a head coach. What would you say is the biggest thing that you need to adjust? Or can you be the same coach that you've always been in the past? Yeah, I can be the same coach I've always been in the past. It just ke it keeps getting better, actually. How would you describe a day like this, Daryl? Nice day. <laughs> Baby geese all behind my place this morning. That's awesome. Any lineup changes tonight? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I'll let you know. I'll really, I'll let you know after the Kentucky Derby so I can focus on that first. <laughs> It'll have to be team fall off the face of the earth for a wild card to come out of this division. And I, and if you are a wild card team, I sure as hell don't want to play Colorado in the first round because it's going to be a waste of eight days. <laughs> Who you got in the Derby? Uh, I got three or four that I like, but sentimental and. Two Baffert horses, Messi and Table. Does Chris Town have an option for you tonight? Yeah, everybody who wasn't skating this morning is an option tonight, including me. <laughs> have you ever been? No. Bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> one thing, have had opportunities and didn't. So, if anybody asked me, would you do anything different? I said, no, I'll just do it again, but I should have done that. <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau on a penalty shot against Jake Ottinger. Johnny Hockey, any, uh, anything from Sutter after you score that goal when you get back to the bench? Nope, not a word. <laughs> Ws. That's when I'm impressed. Hey, Wes McCauley just trying to get this thing over. It's McLeod and Lucic tied up, but... This one's not done yet. How jarring is it to go from a series where Jake Ottinger is stopping pretty much everything to a game where it feels like both sides are kind of scoring at will? Well, we were told that it was a boring series last time, so I told the players yesterday we got to score seven to ten goals today, knowing full well that they'd probably score five to eight if we had, and then we could win. So that's what we did. Campbell missed the W's. I know that. I love some W's. That's your favorite. And now, uh, now it has to go away. You can't uh, change the hotkeys. Not gonna be able to use it anymore. Give me somebody else. You gotta delete some... it off my page. Yeah. Uh, to the new Calgary Flames coach, uh, we're gonna need a W's. You need really something. Quick. Just some liners, one-liners, couple of good ones. Just uh, hop into the studio. Give us some good quotes. See, I can see that happening for sure. Uh, there will, there's only one Daryl Sutter. I know that much. Uh, some of the best moments from Daryl over the last couple of years as uh, the Flames head coach. Uh, we got to get out of here. Hockey Central with uh, Haley Salvians coming up in just moments. Uh, Julian McKenzie on the program. Uh, don't want to miss that. Uh, Haley's got you for the next hour. We'll uh, also have uh, Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg coming up later this afternoon. Uh, more, I'm sure, from the Calgary Flames news yesterday. Uh, as the GM search is underway, the head coach search underway for this team under Don Maloney, and uh, a doubleheader of hockey on your radios tonight as round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs gets underway. 
You've got Florida and Toronto at 5 o'clock. And then following that game, we'll take you out to Dallas. American Airlines Center, Game 1, Dallas Stars, Seattle Kraken. All of your playoff action right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, tomorrow night. Don't uh, forget, we'll have Calgary Wranglers hockey on your radios as they go for the three-game sweep of the Abbotsford Canucks in round two of their playoff action in the Calder Cup playoffs. Thanks to Ken Weeb and Peter Labardius for joining us this afternoon. Thanks to you for listening either live or on the podcast. Shout out to my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.